The Live with Squacky podcast is sponsored in part by Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver and Antland Productions. Hello, my little squacksters. That's what I'm calling you guys who are listening <laughs> to my podcast. Hi, thanks for joining me for another episode of Live with Squacky. I'm your host, Val Kelly, otherwise known as Squacky Voice. I'm so excited about our episode today. It's part two of my interview with Todd Creel. What a great voiceover performer and audio engineer. He's so enthusiastic about what he does, and it was really fun to have a chance to talk to him. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have you coached with anyone so far that you found to be extremely helpful? Absolutely. I've actually took a really obscure path because my narration and just talking all my life, working in call centers prior to doing things like this and all that, I already figure I have a really good foundation for how to use my voice. So I haven't really looked for any actual vocal coaches or anything like that. I've opted to go for traditional training in theater just to help out with my characters because at the end of the day, voice acting is acting just because you don't have the camera on you doesn't mean you're not animated and acting behind the microphone. So yes, I've uh, worked with a uh, SAG-AFTRA actress named uh, Aria Publicover. She is my acting coach for improv and things like that, like monologues. And then I also attend classes at a local theater. It's a hat theater in Richmond, Virginia. And then I get my on-stage experience that way. So I'm coming at it from all different angles. I've got the sound engineering experience in the past. I've got an acting coach I see weekly. I do classes in the theater to work with acting in real life. So I'm hoping just that wide range of experience all culminates together and makes me a valuable product. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. What are some of your biggest successes in the industry so far? Just paying the bills, honestly. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that's honestly blows me away. Every time I book a role, I'm like, ow. How has nobody figured out I'm not good at this? And then I think the reality is just, I just need to give myself more credit and just kind of go along with it. And I guess I hate to say fake it till you make it, but that's kind of what it is because you're competing with so many other people and everybody has something to offer, right? So, I mean, my voice is unique to me. And so I guess my biggest success is just fighting against my own mentality to keep going into the industry and keep trying to push to meet higher goals. The first audiobook I ever did was a huge achievement because I you could have never told me that I was going to be able to record seven hours of audio and make it sound good at the end of the day. I would have thought there would have been tons of hiccups and anything that would have messed up that gig, but it went over just smooth. And then we've been smooth sailing ever since. It sounds like you're really taking a good approach to kind of moving forward in the industry without necessarily having the traditional coaching of like voiceover coaches, you know, and I I like that. That's cool. Okay, let's switch gears a little. Are you a coffee drinker? Oh, yes. (laughs) Based off of that you had mentioned that you're a coffee snob, I'm probably just a caffeine drinker. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I remember when I first started the podcast and I would ask that question. And honestly, I don't really know what I expected because some people really were like, no, I'm not a coffee drinker. And I'm like, what? How? How do you find I can't even continue this interview with you. <laughs> they're like, they're like, Val, what the heck? Sorry, sorry. Let me refocus here. I need you to like rethink your 
drink choices. <laughs> right. They're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I drink too much of it. Uh, doctor says I need to cut back on the caffeine. So I, I drink about two, three cups of coffee in the morning and then I taper off to tea about mid afternoon. And then from then on out, it's water the rest of the day. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know when the whole coffee snob thing kicked in. I think after I lived in France for Ooh. a year when I was in college. And before that, I really never drank espresso or anything, mm-hmm. any coffee at all, really. <clears throat> but living in France and you're at the cafe every day and you're drinking espresso and you just develop a taste for it. And then after that, it was like, I can't drink regular coffee. Like, what is this weird flavored, like, funny colored water? It was <laughs> I'm like, this is gross. And so, yeah. So now I'm just like, I have my espresso maker and I just... Like, I don't, I don't even go to like coffee shops anymore really that much. If I can just make it myself, it's just better. Do you like a dark roast or a light roast? I like medium to dark. I really okay. like Lavazza. I also like this other coffee brand that's pretty new called Drew Coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to get the espresso beans and then just grind them myself. And it's a whole process now. I have like a milk frother and it's, oh. it's like meditation. <laughs> it's a whole deal. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I just, there's just something about it that I just enjoy so much. It's not even really, I don't think that it's the caffeine, although that probably is part of it. I think it's just more the, it's kind of a relaxing thing to just be like, oh, I'm going to have my coffee and then I'm going to go on with the rest of my day. And I really only drink it once a day in the morning and that's it. And when you're grinding it, it tastes so fresh. It's definitely a different taste. Yeah. It's definitely, but the, but the bad thing about being a coffee snob is that I can't just go into like Wawa or some convenience store and have someone buy me coffee because right. it's just ugh, like, what is this? It's horrible, <laughs> you know? And I, I remember because last year at this, the Mavo 2020 conference that I run, it was an online one and mm-hmm. I had some assistants helping me with it in the studio that we were in. And I was like, guys, I can't, like, I need coffee. Somebody can, can somebody go get me some good coffee? They're like, okay, sure. No problem. (laughs) And this is going to make me sound like I'm super picky, but every time they came back with coffee, I was like, what is this? There are easier ways to get coffee. What's your favorite travel destination and why? Funny. You should ask because I saw the beginning that you had mentioned you just came back from OBX. And that's my favorite travel destination, more specifically Avon. Back when I was a kid, when my grandmother was still alive, we used to go every year to Avon to a specific little house down there. And we would do a week's vacation. And it was the only real time that my mom, dad, my grandmother, my brother, and then all of our cousins would see each other consistently. You know, we'd see each other here and there throughout the year, get togethers, but we would have a consistent week with each other. And I'm so fond of those memories and you always like to have that nostalgic place. And it's really, I hate to use the word unfortunate and be all dreary, but I think it's just really unfortunate the way that Outer Banks has become very commercialized. And every time I go down there, it's so hard to get alone time because 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I started going down there, it was very quiet. There was yeah. no traffic. People right. haven't figured out how cool it was down there yet. But now <laughs> it's a different story completely. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. We went for years to Kerala mm-hmm. and rented like this ridiculous house and started to get, after a couple of years, started to get so congested at that end of the island. And my husband likes to fish and he has his own boat. So he was like, let's go to Hatteras because yes. it will take me less time to get to where I want to go out on the water 
Because otherwise he would leave at whatever time in the morning and not get back to like 11 at night because it's so far away from Kerala to Hatteras. Right. So we started going to Hatteras maybe three, four, maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. And the first year I was very skeptical. I was like, there's nothing down here. It's so isolated. What are we going to do for a whole week? And I'm going to be bored and... Then one summer into it, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to live here. This is so great. There's something to be said about peace and quiet. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. There's no traffic. It's just so much more calm than we stayed in Duck. And so it's a totally different scene, Mm -hmm. you know. And this summer in particular, everything was booked. And this was the house that we had booked in Hatteras for years and years sold and so they're not renting it anymore and so we were just like why (laughs) and so we ended up with a much smaller house in duck and it was fine but it's just you know because you're close you are close to everything there's a lot of stuff to do i definitely prefer the other end of the island and i think that once people experience that it's very difficult to go back to that other side (laughs) where you're very congested because it's just like you don't feel like you're on vacation then you feel like right it's hard to make yeah. that transition when you, you go down to the beach. And at first, I think it's just excitement about being at the beach and being off of work. And then once you experience the quieter side of things, you're like, this is really why I took off of work to relax yeah. and get away from everything and not have the hustle and bustle. And then after that, it's really hard to go back to like Nags Head where there's just traffic everywhere and there's plenty of stuff to do, but you got to make plans for everything. If you want to do most things, you have to call ahead of time and schedule an appointment and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot more move at your own pace on the Southern islands. Yeah. It's certainly somewhere I would love to live. A lot of people have told me if you move down there, it's going to lose its luster. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, it won't be nearly as good if you live there. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. It can, it. <laughs> it can it can lose half of its luster and it's still going to be better than where I'm living now. And, right. and I had come to find out a lot of my family history is like seafaring with a last name like Creole. Clearly we were from some type of fishing family way back in the day. And I don't necessarily believe in that stuff travels through your blood, but I do have a very natural draw towards the ocean and the waterfront. And where I live now is great. We have the James River and things like that. And yes, it's only an hour drive to get to Virginia Beach, but it's just not the same as being on an island out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. It's not the same at all. Yeah. Virginia Beach is just so... Crowded. Yeah. And it always has been because I remember as a kid going when I was maybe like 15 or 16 when my mom was like, oh, let's go to Virginia Beach. And I mean, it was just jam-packed and doesn't have the same allure that the Outer Banks has, you know, even though the Outer Banks does have certain areas that have gotten so built up, kind of want to stay away from those areas now, but there's just something different about it. The beaches are nicer in the Outer Banks, I think. It's just overall just a nicer place to go. I'm personally a fan of surfing and Virginia Beach doesn't have the best waves for surfing, but uh, I mean... To be fair, neither does Nags Head really. But once you get out into Hatteras and things like that, especially near Buxton Point, yeah, the surfing is a lot better down there. So that by itself gives me plenty of entertainment. Like I'll forego all of the fun stuff in Nags Head to just give me some good waves to go relax on for a few days. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Go ahead. Go ahead and ridicule me. No, good choice. I love that. I love mint chocolate chip. That's one of my favorites. I think my other one is maybe like cookie dough. 
cookies was good. That the other day with someone. Yeah, those are my two favorites. I don't really dislike any ice cream flavor other than, and I, we better make sure my fiance does not hear this episode, <laughs> coffee. I can't oh, really? and coffee flavored ice cream. Yeah, I don't mind it, but it's one of those flavors that I don't know if I would go out of my way to order. You know what I right. mean? Unless it's like really good coffee ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had it. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? To slow down time. That is really the only one I would want to have. I wouldn't want to fly. I wouldn't want to be super strong. I would. I feel like that kind of stuff would get to my head. But mm-hmm. to turn back time or slow down time, something like that, because that's a finite resource that we can never get more of. Once you're born, you have a set amount of time that you're going to have, and you never get to extend that. You can certainly make it shorter, but you can't make it any longer. So that's a superpower I would want to slow down and just give myself more time to get the things done that I want to get done. Because uh, just being luckily blessed with anxiety all the time, I'm constantly feeling like I'm on a deadline even when I'm not and always feel like I want more time to get things done. Yeah, that's a good one. What would you say your dream voiceover client or your dream voiceover gig is? I never really thought about it. And I know that's really strange to say, right? Because I feel like a lot of people go into voiceover or, I mean, really any role with an end goal in mind. But my end goal has always been the same no matter what I'm doing. Me and her have five acres of land. We're trying to build a house on it and we're trying to have it paid off. Certainly before I hit 40 years old, I would like to have it done before I hit 35 years old because I just want to be debt-free because I want to travel. So really, I don't necessarily have a dream client. My dream client is whoever's going to pay me (laughs) because (laughs) my my end goal is to pay my bills off so I can have a little bit more control of what I do with myself because I would love to see all these other places in the world. I just need to have a place paid off first (laughs) so I can see those and not feel like I'm being irresponsible. But if I have to give a direct answer, I would love to be a main character in an anime or a video game, maybe Final Fantasy. I'm a huge fan of the Final Fantasy series. Get me a character in Final Fantasy. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay, so here's something to ponder. Say you're stuck on a deserted island Mm -hmm. and you somehow have enough water and food to make it through one month, in which time you'll hopefully get rescued. If you could have only one other person with you, who would it be and why? Emily, my girlfriend, fiance, we work great as a team. And I'm not just saying that to get on her good side. We, (laughs) you know, she, and certainly in regards to the outdoors, she knows a lot more about it than I do. She's avid outdoor enthusiast, loves hiking, loves camping, knows about edible plants, how to get potable water, all of that stuff. So I definitely, she would be more of an asset in that situation than I would. I would be able to read her stories. (laughs) That's about what I would have to contribute. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. So once you get rescued and you decide to write a book about your experience, what would the title of your book be? The title of my book would be Survival on Todd Isle. (laughs) That just sounds epic to me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I love it. (laughs) Okay. To wrap up, one piece of advice you would offer to voice actors just starting out in the industry. Can I give two? Sure. Okay. First one, don't undersell yourself. If you take jobs that don't pay a lot, like these $5 gigs, you'll get a ton of offers for if you're working with any of those agencies or places like Fiverr, things like that. You're going to get a ton of offers for $5 gigs. Don't sell yourself short. Not only are you hurting yourself in the long run by cheating yourself out of money, you're hurting the entire industry in the long run by making companies think that $5 is adequate compensation for your work. It doesn't matter if you're putting five minutes of work. It's worth more than $5. 
because they need you to perform a service. You hold the cards. The second piece of advice is I'm currently not represented by any type of agency or any agent, no manager or anything like that. And the reason for that is the people that have reached out to me have tried to charge me in advance. Agents make money when you make money. Don't pay them in advance for anything. You're talented. You can develop and become better. And when you do, the agents will be falling over themselves to get you on their roster because they know they stand to gain when you're on their team. Don't pay somebody and then get nothing out of it. You're just cheating yourself out of your own hard work. Yeah, exactly. Really great advice. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Can you remind our listeners of your website and how they can connect with you on social media if they choose? First off, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate that. Of course. And um, I mean, I'm the great Todd man, T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T-T-O-D-D-M-A-N on just about every social media platform, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, thegreattoddman.com if you want to hear my demos or thegreattoddman at gmail.com if you want to reach out to me. I am always happy to work with you. Thanks so much, Todd. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Live is Quacky. Tune in next time for my great interview with our upcoming Mavo 2021 guest speaker, Diane Perry. For more information about Mavo 2021 online taking place on November 12th through 14th, visit our website at www.midatlanticvo.com today for all the guest speaker info, the schedule, and everything you need to know, as well as registration info. We'd love to see you there. Live with Squacky was mixed and mastered by everybody's favorite voiceover tech, Uncle Roy Oakleson of Antland Productions. Quack.